Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good evening, dummies. Matthew Spear from Don't Unfriend Me. It is fantastic to be with you tonight. We had a very good live show. It was a little emotional, but nice to have everybody here. It's good to see so many dummies around. Don't take offense to the old dummies thing. That is not an insult. The dummies are the Don't Unfriend Me's. Barstool Sports has stoolies. We have dummies. It's an acronym. And we are going to be talking about something interesting tonight on episode 276, the old backpedal. All the things about COVID that you heard that we must do, had to do, we had to go ahead and flatten the curve and wear masks and go ahead and social distance. Well, now we're hearing a very, very different story from Dr. Fucky and his crew. We're going to talk about it tonight. Stay with me. It will all start in a few seconds. By the way, if you want to, you can fast forward through the intro and go to these minutes, fast forward to that, and the show will start right away. I will be right back after these messages. Navy veteran Matt Spear presents Don't Unfriend Me. Brutally honest. Experience matters. Facts, not feelings. To the point. And always direct. No safe spaces. You can agree or disagree. You can love him. You can hate him. Just don't unfriend him sit back relax don't unfriend me starts right now i think the wife did a good job on that i'm very proud of her let's get started with the show tonight we are talking about oh the virus i mean we've done a lot of shows on this um tonight's a little bit different is it a coincidence that omicron and moronic are anagrams or is it a pentagram listen up people I will say this clearly and without apology. Science isn't always correct. And more often than not, it has been wrong, especially lately. The COVID crisis has led many scientists to take up arms or at least keyboards to defend their enterprise. And to be sure, science needs defenders these days. But in their zeal to fight back against vaccine rejection and other forms of science denial, some scientists say things that just aren't true. And you can't build trust if the things you are saying are not trustworthy. One popular move is to insist that science is right, full stop, and that once we discover the truth about the world, we are done. And anyone who denies such truths, they suggest, is stupid, ignorant, or facious. Or as Nobel Prize winning physicist Steven Weinberg said, even though a scientific journey is in a sense a social consensus, it is unlike any other sort of consensus in that that it's culturally free and permanent. 
Well, no, even a modest familiarity with the history of science offers many examples of matters that scientists thought they had resolved only to discover that they needed to be reconsidered. Some familiar examples are Earth as the center of the universe, the absolute nature of time and space, the stability of continents, and the cause of infectious disease. Science is a process of learning and discovery, and sometimes we learn that we thought that it was right, and it's actually wrong. Science can also be understood as an institution, or better, a set of institutions that facilitates this work. To say that science is true or permanent is like saying that marriage is permanent. At best, it's a bit off-key. Marriage today is very different from what it was in the 16th or 18th century, and so are most of our laws of nature. Another popular move is to say scientific findings are true because scientists use the scientific method, but we can never actually agree on what that method is. Some will say it is empiricism, observation and description of the world. Others will say it is the experimental method, the use of experience and experiments to test hypothesis. Recently, a prominent scientist claimed the scientific method was to avoid fooling oneself into thinking something is true that is not, and vice versa. Each of these views has its merits, but if the claim is that any one of these is the scientific method, then they all fail. History and philosophy have shown that the idea of a singular scientific method is, well, unscientific. In point of fact, the methods of science have varied between disciplines and across time. Many scientific practices, particularly statistical tests of significance, have been developed with the idea of avoiding wishful thinking and self-deception, but that hardly constitutes the scientific method. Scientists have bitterly argued about which methods are the best, and as we all know, bitter arguments rarely get resolved. In my view, the biggest mistake scientists make is to claim that this is all somehow simple and therefore to imply that anyone who doesn't get it is a dunce. Science is not simple and neither is the natural word world. Therein lies the challenge of science communication. What we do is both hard and often hard to explain, and what we understand is even more so. Our efforts to understand and characterize the natural world are just that, efforts. Because we're human, we often fall flat. The good news is that when that happens, we pick ourselves up, we brush ourselves off, and get back to work and try again. That's no different from pro professional skiers who wipe out in major races or inventors who early aspirations go bust. Understanding the beautiful, complex world that we all live in and using that knowledge to do useful things is both its own reward and why taxpayers should be happy to fund research. Well, that is unless it's gain-of-function research. Eh, fucky? As the Omicron wave of COVID-19 has washed over the American Northeast and it started to spread nationwide, familiar public health officials and commentators suddenly have started to say things that were previously unsayable. And CDC guidance started changing rapidly. Things such as your masks are now useless and the hospitalization figures for COVID in children are overcounted. And we need to stop focusing on cases and start focusing on hospitalizations. And even that public health regulations had to retreat to the point at which they would be tolerated by the public. It's important to note that none of these insights became true with the onset of Omicron, which is extremely contagious but less severe and infects vaccinated people easily. This isn't guidance changing with the latest science. No, Omicron only made these facts more undeniable. 
Just because Christmas, Dr. Leanna Wensing, former head of Planned Parenthood, advisor to the White House, and frequent guest of CNN said the following on this video, which is going to leave most of you in complete awe. We should be keeping the events that are that are safe and uh, and also the events that have fun for people too. We can't be canceling everything, especially if we're going to be living with COVID for the foreseeable future. I would say that if you choose to go, make sure that you're vaccinated and boosted. Make sure that you're wearing a, um, a mask, even though it's outdoors, if there are lots of people packed around you wearing a three-ply surgical mask, don't wear a cloth mask. Cloth masks are little more than facial decorations. There's no place for them in light of Omicron. And so wear a high-quality mask, at least a three-ply surgical mask. And if you're going to be visiting elderly relatives or immunocompromised people after, wait three days, get tested, and then see those vulnerable people. Cloth masks aren't going to provide a lot of protection. That's the bottom line. This is an airborne illness. We now understand that. And a cloth mask is not going to give you protection from a virus that spreads through airborne transmission. It could protect better through droplet transmission, something like the flu, but not something like this coronavirus. Are you freaking kidding me? Why the sudden backpedal? Why the sudden change? This isn't the first situation like this. Nice that the reasoning has nothing to do with the characteristics of Omicron, but with COVID itself, we've known COVID was airborne since the late summer of 2020 and had good indications that this was true long before then from the first anecdotes of spread in China, that cloth masks have extremely limited efficacy or actively harmful is, of course, a reversion to the original position stated by Dr. Anthony Fauci himself, who wrote and said in public, the typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping out virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. I've said it a hundred times that you could throw a tic-tac through a chain link fence and it has no chance of stopping it. But that was before Dr. Fauci himself began wearing the mask he believed were almost useless. Though, to be fair, he all but let the truth out by calling them a symbol. Imagine that you were thrown off a plane because your child had an asthma attack and couldn't wear his or her symbol. Imagine all the hassle and grief in school districts forcing students to wear masks that offer little or no protection all damn day. Imagine you're in New York State where a vaccinated speech therapist cannot legally give therapy to a child unless a useless face decoration is obscuring the movements of his or her mouth and the sounds coming out of his or her voice sounds like it's coming out of a tin can. When leading public officials and even the president are themselves wearing these masks, it does no good to point out that they had occasionally promoted surgical masks or N95s as more effective options. The public's trust was simply and flagrantly abused. At some point, public health officials might be candid that the study upon which the CDC's recommendation for masking children in schools is filled with data from scores of schools that didn't even meet in person. When wants to denigrate cloth masks in favor of N95s, which are harder to breathe in and whose effectiveness drops to near zero when not fitted perfectly. But this only raises a question. If the cloth mask that students wore in school for the past two years and most travelers wore on planes provide so little protection, why not just ditch them altogether? 
The results over the last year showed that schools were not, in fact, the locus of transmission in communities and, if anything, acted as a mild break on them. Low-value face decorations can be dropped and should be dropped. For years, it was considered akin to a conspiracy theory to mention that some people were hospitalized or died with COVID, not because of COVID, but Dr. Fucky perhaps recognizing that refusing to talk about this phenomenon could lead to a panic. He finally went on MSNBC and said that the sudden rise of juvenile COVID hospitalizations was an overcount, and here we are with the backpedaling Fauci. And I want to ask specifically about hospitalization. One of the recent concerns, I'm sure you're getting asked a lot about this. How do you explain the sudden increase in hospitalizations among children? I mean, if Omicron is less severe and 15 to 20 percent less likely to send someone to the hospital, why are we seeing this sudden increase in children at hospital with COVID? Well, that's a good question. And there are two things that contribute to that. First of all, quantitatively, you're having so many more people, including children, who are getting infected. And even though hospitalization among children is much, much lower on a percentage basis than hospitalizations for adults, particularly elderly individuals. However, when you have such a large volume of infections among children, even with a low level of rate of infection, you're going to still see a lot more children who get hospitalized. But the other important thing is that if you look at the children who are hospitalized, many of them are hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. And what we mean by that, if a child goes in the hospital, they automatically get tested for COVID and they get counted as a COVID hospitalized individual. When in fact, they may go in for a broken leg or appendicitis or something like that. So it's overcounting the number of children who are, quote, hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. Do you listen to that? I mean, seriously, this is completely off script of the show. I have done several shows on COVID. I have put on several clips of Fauci. This is a 100% redirect from what he has been saying and openly admitting that hospitalizations and COVID deaths and diagnosis of COVID are overblown in children, which means that they are overblown in seniors and adults as well. It is absolutely 100% indicative of that. He just admitted it. Where is the accountability? Where is the frustration? Why aren't people talking about this every minute of the day and demanding his resignation? Again, this is not something that only suddenly became true because of Omicron. Before the Delta wave, a study of California hospitals show that 40 to 45% of minors hospitalized with COVID had only incidental infections. That is, they were in the hospital for other reasons, everything from broken limbs to childhood cancers, but they tested positive for COVID while in the hospital. 
The overcounting effect has only been exaggerated with the new variant. Yet the stats on juvenile COVID outcomes are stated in their most dire, overcounted form when they are used by the CDC to justify America's guidance for safety running schools, a guidance that is much more strict than in peer nations. You may also have noticed that the CDC changed its guidance, shortening its recommended quarantine from 10 days now to five after an infection with COVID-19. The science informing this decision is over a year old, but apparently the interest in conforming the CDC's recommendations to is only picked up once a wave was really crushing blue America. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky also explained that it wasn't just the science, and it really had a lot to do with what we thought people would be able to tolerate. End quote. Aha! Guess we can finally talk about how recommendations by public health officials are not merely translations of the science into policy, but involve the complex art of governing of aligning means to ends and judging the political conditions and correctness. There is also the implicit message that restrictions will fall away as the public demonstrates more impatience with them. It's a new year and our leaders are making it clear that the only thing between us and recognition of endemic COVID is our own tolerance for their disruptions and guidance and bullshit. Let's resolve to be rowdy difficult, ungovernable messes that we've always been, and let's keep refusing because it's working and they're changing their tune. Scientists could help bridge this gulf in understanding by engaging more with the public, particularly when it comes to research that will have a big impact on society and what we do with our laws. In fact, this should be a part of the job descriptions of all scientists, not one-way lecturing, but a genuine exchange of ideas. We need to show your work, and our work, as a teacher of mine used to say, to not just present, but elucidate the evidence for climate change, for evolution, for all scientific theories we have developed to explain our place in the universe. And people don't want experts telling them how it is. They want to understand how they arrived at conclusions. They want accountability and an honest account of what they got wrong and what they got right. But instead, we are attacked and ridiculed and mocked for being the only ones who have been consistent throughout this entire pandemic. We had questions, we have hesitancy, and most of us said we did not know, and things didn't make sense. Contradiction replaced facts. Speculation became the foundation of fact, and we had the expected result when conjecture came tumbling down. We want to hear from the logical and not the ideological. Fucky has dropped the ball in every capacity and is literally eroding the trust of the people in the one constant, science. Science is not only fallible now and often incorrect, it is now separated into a theologian belief predicated on faith and loyalty or the other side of treason and sedition. That isn't science. That is totalitarian dogma. I trust science, but coercion is not science. Withholding data is not science. Manipulating data isn't science. Cherry-picking stats is not science. Social conditioning is not science. Fear-mongering is not science. And censorship is not science. 
Let's get back to science. Otherwise, the moronic variant will put us right back into lockdowns, symbolic facial coverings, and a vaccine that isn't the Rosetta Stone we were all made to believe it was. And we are fine with that. Just stop pissing on all of us and telling us it's raining. Folks, that's not, uh, that is it for my show tonight. I was going to say not it, but it actually is it for my show tonight. Episode 276, make sure to like, share, and subscribe if you would not mind. I would appreciate it. You can find all of my social media handles at Don't Unfriend Me Show. You can follow, like, share, and subscribe or head on over to don'tunfriendme.com. I will go out like I always do every night with the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255, press 1. Veterans, as we saw tonight on the live show, are suffering. 22 lose their lives a day and take their lives a day. It is too much. Traumatic brain injury, PTS, anxiety, depression are all very real, and we have a responsibility to give back to the veterans that gave so much to us. If you can't make that call, reach out to me, and I'll do it with you. If that doesn't work, you can go to donorandfriendme.com, click on the VCL link, and be connected to a Skype operator free of charge. Remember, it's 100% private, anonymous, and no retaliation for calling, even if you're currently serving now. And if you are a civilian, they will not turn you away. Reach out and dial the number. Once again, folks, I'll be back tomorrow with 277. If you're live, stick around. I'll probably answer a few questions about the show. Have a wonderful, blessed night, and I will see you tomorrow.